Yeah. Oh, feel it? All right, welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast. This is the second time around because we had some technical difficulties. Sitting here uh, podcasting in the rain, so you got to expect some problems. Uh, with me today, uh, I have some former guests. Uh, we have Infectious here once again, along with uh, his counterpart, Easy Evan. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for having us again. I don't think your mic's on, Easy. It's not on. What? <laughs> oh, that's right. We canceled your mic. Shoot, if that ends up working, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Testing, test. What the heck is going on with your mic, man? Come on, my man. You only stole these from the pit, you dig out. <laughs> is that a thing we're keeping? <laughs> oh, I know why. We can work it back in. Mix in flints, <laughs> shoveling picks. No, that's wrong. Oh, Mining. yeah. Digging. <clears throat> oh, shoot. What is it? Kilns with kiln rights, digging flints with flint rights. <laughs> grist mills, grinding grist. Grist in grist mills. Yes. Irish tinsmiths, fixing widgets. Wow. That's, that's not all. But you I, know your Christian book. I, you know Christian book? Um, apparently lives in Australia now. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, when I was at University of Calgary, he, like, guest lectured one day mm-hmm. in my... Uh, maybe Canadian poetry class that would make sense I believe it yeah came in and I was kind of like yeah I appreciate this yeah like yeah yeah and I mean he's the only person I know of who has created a poem okay I I don't know exactly how it works but a poem that will actually outlive the human race oh is that the one he injected into like an organism I heard about that E. coli he injected it into E. coli so when when he was talking with our our class, that's what he said. He said, yeah. "I'll this remembered." Like I always remember this. He said, "Like if you're not like advancing your craft, like you're not really doing anything, right?" Right. Like he always spoke of like being innovative is the most important thing. And then he told us of his like plan to inject a poem into a single-celled organism. Yeah, which is kind of douchey. I mean, well, yeah, it's a little bit like he reminds me of a. Marvel Comics uh, villain like the mad scientist type of villain because of this like he got he got some pretty good grant money I think for that project to um, inject I don't know if it was, he was injecting it he like wrote a poem into the DNA of this that's exactly it yeah yeah I don't understand how you uh, what do you mean he wrote a poem there's only four letters in DNA yeah I don't really understand it. it's called the Xenotext Okay, so I'm assuming he's created some kind of, like, uh, inactive code that he's put into this E. coli bacteria. I mean, dude, I it's created, like, a four-letter language that he's a, translated it into. Think which, about what you're saying. That's exactly the point. His whole uh, thing was, like, I want to extend the boundaries of poetry, right? Like, so... But when, it doesn't. Well, he... It doesn't extend any doesn't, boundaries. No, that's, all, all that is is a bunch of, like, weird writing inside of some bacteria. <laughs> That um, won't be able to be accessed. When right? he spoke to our class, he had just written Eunoia, the shortest word in the English language using all five vowels. Yep. And every chapter in that book is, is dedicated to a vowel. And then within that chapter, you will only see, for instance, the vowel A in every single poem. Okay. Right. So, I mean, that was innovative. He had to use a supercomputer to generate the words 
that only contained. He didn't even write it? Actually, oh, oh, oh. actually he, he just used his brain in a dictionary, I think. I don't even think he used the program. Okay. That, I, I think. Are you actually being serious? Are you? Yeah, I'm being oh, serious. You're right. I guess he didn't talk to my class and tell us how it worked, <laughs> and you're right. Oh, he didn't? I no. apologize. So what program did he use? He said he used a computer. He said he had to use a computer to generate like oh. all the words that only <laughs> contain A. Soured. And then, well, I don't like when people contradict <laughs> you hear me. that? Oh. oh okay. I thought I was just adding to the conversation, <laughs> but... <laughs> well... <laughs> Are you adding or are you contradicting? No, because when I talked to him, I thought that he was really proud of the fact that he did it all with his brain and that it took him seven years to do. Mm. But I could be wrong. He should have told our class, like university class, that he used a computer. I think maybe where his brain comes in is where he has to actually take these words and make them into a like poem that makes sense. Is it know. possible that he is referring to his brain as a computer? Well, he's a poet. Who knows? Probably. Uh, <laughs> okay, no. I mean, you've done worse, haven't you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the thing here where I, where I, I take back what I said because I, what you're saying makes more sense. Well, thank you. No, thank you for, uh, for allowing me to disagree and be wrong without canceling me. No, I wouldn't cancel I that's you. Important. I would never shut you down. I would say, yeah. I know that. Yeah. I don't even know. That's funny you bring that up know. because uh, that's what today's episode is all about. Oh, it's a nice segue. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet segue. Yeah, un- unbelievable that you would actually stumble upon that. Did this it sound is, like uh, we were floundering there a little bit? <laughs> far from it, far from it. I was so engaged, that's why I kept so quiet Christian and Christian Book is my friend. <laughs> Hello, humans, and welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast. Freedom of voice. Anyway, I'd like to start again by reminding us, the first segment we recorded that um, didn't turn out was brought to us by Parallel 45, a organic French wine from the Coast Rhone region. It was delicious. It was yeah. excellent. Well, a, good, like, a good wine. Probably yeah. literally one of the best wines we've had today. But not inspiring. <laughs> we obviously didn't do so our far. best work. And uh, the next is brought to us <laughs> by a uh, California... Called Mayomi. It's a Pinot Noir. Mm. I mean, obviously, it comes from California because that's where Pinot Noir is grown. I just hope it's good. Yeah. Mm. Last time we did this, we were drinking, <laughs> if you recall, dear listeners, Jackson Triggs, <laughs> which Infectious had purchased three bottles for $5. So you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, it. Hey, I did not thank you the next morning. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> you didn't drink enough water. I'm supposed to remind you to drink water. I have the thing oh, there. Good idea. Well, that's mine. <laughs> no, it was a good idea. I'll share with you. <laughs> we can put it in the bowl, I there guess. There we go. I was just hoping for rain. I was going to leave my glass out. <laughs> all right, let's get into this. Come on, let's, all right, let's yeah, be serious. About, can we okay. <laughs> be serious for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, Seriously, we are talking about freedom of voice, and that's the whole point of this whole thing. Uh, we live in a really special society where you're supposed to have the freedom of speech you're allowed to say what you want to say but i kind of feel we're closer to the freedom to shut the fuck up unless you uh don't want to offend everyone and get canceled yeah so the whole purpose of this show was actually to redefine the show i really wanted to uh find a way to make this cancel proof mm-hmm. so i thought i'd invite the uh, whole pid lip crew which is my way of uh Referencing you guys from this point on, poetry is dead. Long live poetry. The Pidlip crew. Pidlip, I love it. I like yeah. it too. Yeah. It's about in. the importance of voice. Yeah, right. uh, having a voice and defining your voice, maybe honing and maintaining it, but not canceling. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. How do we educate? How do we reconcile? How do we redefine this thing uh, and find a way to share these voices rather than just shutting them down? But before we get into it, we've been kind of generalized about this. What is cancel culture? Yeah, I think that's what a good What are we talking point. about here? So, I mean, if we're going to talk about this, we have to have some kind of like common understanding of what we mean by cancel culture. So we're going to speak about, I guess, well, ideas or um, actions that are just completely rejected by society. Is that what we're talking about? Like, like ideas okay. or actions that have been deemed inappropriate by like a giant societal faction. I mean, whether rightly or wrongly, mm-hmm. and are now. I guess just like persona non grata, like we just—that's it. Like you can't do it anymore. Is that what we mean by cancel culture? I, I like that term, persona non grata. Thank you. I took Latin today. I think uh, <laughs> cancel culture, though, encompasses more than those agreed upon heinous acts and words. Well, that's why I said mm. rightly or wrongly, but I get what you're saying. Yes, like I think it's a much broader spectrum now of mm-hmm. people who are being canceled, shut down, fired—you name it. People's ideas and actions from the Capitol riot to Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. have led to a pandemic of people being fired, canceled from their work or from whatever shows they're on, yeah. and some more justifiable than others. Yes. Mm-hmm. They include everyone from like Bill Cosby, who I think a lot of people mm-hmm. agree that was pretty heinous, Yeah. to Bill Burr, less agreement, even though still kind of screwed up. Yeah. Who is Bill Burr? I don't know. No, not Bill Burr. Sorry, my apologies. Not Bill Burr. Bill Burr is the one who spoke out against this. It was uh, C- uh, the comedian. The comedian. Got oh, Louis from- C.K. Louis C.K. Yeah. My apologies. So I mean that. Okay, I want to start with this like interesting kind of story here about like. So Louis C.K. got canceled. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. he got found out to have masturbated on the phone and in person. In, in person in front of people, which you can't yeah. do. Yet, I mean, and there's so many ways in which cancel culture is, I mean, justifiably correct. Like, Louis C.K., you can't do that. You mm-hmm. can't be, a, like, a dirty pervert and just masturbate in front of him because you want to. Like, you just can't do that. But, like, in the same sort of vein, almost at the same time, Aziz Ansari, Master of None, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Almost got canceled. That's a weird one. But almost. it turns out, almost. What happened? Cause, well, it turns out he had a bad date. You know what I mean? Like, the person he had gone on a date with had, I mean accused him of like you know in the back of a cab like they were making out and it wasn't going so well and it wasn't so great and it almost turned to this big thing where like Anzi Zazari gets cancelled in the same way Louis C.K. does but the events in question were completely um, like less innocuous than Mm-hmm. than Louis C.K. masturbating in front of women. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it became, and it was at the same time that it became this thing where it was like, well, you do anything wrong, you're canceled. Anything. And the danger was, you're, you're literally equivocating. Is that the right word? Uh, let's see where you're going. To make equal. Like, yes. you're equivocating, like, Louis C.K. masturbating in front of women in his dressing room to Anziz Azari like making out with someone in the back of a cab and it turns out you you're bad at like making out you know what i mean yeah, you think like that's what everything it was. became equal it, and it was like it came out that like it was it was literally just a bad date like just yeah just a bad date so how did that come out how did they know well that? because it's you open the floodgates once you cancel one thing for like 
it all starts with Me Too, I think. It, it all starts with the Me Too movement, right? And then once Harvey Weinstein is found out to be, like, the worst person in history, then it, it comes out every single bad thing that has ever happened becomes enlarged. Like, it puts on a magnifying glass, and you become, like, exposed and even minor sort of transgressions or like bad dates become right. the equivalent of like masturbating from a woman in your dressing room. So is it the, the publicization of, of personal interactions? Like, that is part of it. That yeah. You don't have a private life. Right. The moment you enter the spotlight in any way, shape or form. Well, no one has a private life. Because this wasn't like, this was some woman saying, here's what Anziza already did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's not even like a, a public thing. It was like, yeah. it, some woman just brings it out and says, oh, by the way, one time this happened, you know? Yeah. So does it have something to do with, like, the revoking of privilege, you know? Like, because um, these are things that would have happened a generation ago. Like, things like sexual harassment... Yeah, that's the way it used to run. And it's just kind of like, oh, that's, you're in the business, you have to put up with it, right? That's exactly it. That was the mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that need, that's a shift that needs to occur. And I wonder if, like, cancel culture, in the way that we're talking about it right now, is, like, a way of setting the scales back into balance by going the extreme the other, other way? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It has to be. Yeah. But that's why it's also so frustrating. Yeah. Well, in the wake of all this, there's a lot of people who maybe down the line, we're going to look and go like, maybe we shouldn't have canceled that person for having something in 2010 that was offensive. Right. Because I really think that 2010-11 was the pinnacle of the most offensive humor ever created. Really? Yeah. What, do you think it was actually the pinnacle or do you think people were just more easily offended? No, I think we really pushed for it. It got to a point of like, okay, what else is more offensive? You saw jackass. You saw, like, you name it, we saw it. And so finally, people were like, well, what else is funny? And Dan Harmon almost got canceled uh, for a cartoon that he did around that same time Mm -hmm. where he had, I'm not laughing because it's funny. (laughs) I'm just laughing in general. Uh, Ironically, you're laughing ironically. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, Where the child is like, like the doctor's showing the child like, oh, you were abused and here's the doll. Like, where did... Where did he touch? They touch? Did they touch you here? Did it? How about here? Did he do this? Did they? And they went to town on this doll, apparently. Oh my God. <laughs> like this horribly inappropriate scene, which uh, you can see why it would be yeah. seen as inappropriate. Yeah. As well as at the time when you're looking for shocking content, why it would be thought of as amusing. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm just going to lay it out there. Maybe we'll just go oh, like, and by right the way, into this it right is now. never probably making air. So let's be cool. That's okay. all, right. all right. And big shout outs to KG. KG. <laughs> KG. Sorry, what were you going to say? There? Well, maybe we'll just go right into it now. I think a lot of things that are canceled are because either, well, see, now I don't even know how to put this because I don't want to be like misconstrued, but like something like that, obviously, it's funny. Because it's extremely ridiculous. And inappropriate. Yes. No one expects it to be taken seriously. And that's kind of the point. Like, um, I, I don't know. For instance, I've been watching um, 30 Rock recently. I went back. Let's rewatch everything, yeah. right? Yeah. You watch her on a streaming service, 
and there are some episodes that are unavailable, like just not mm. available. You watch them on DVD, and it's because you have a white character who's put on blackface, Ooh, yeah, right? But, but, I know, everyone says, ooh, like that's so bad. <laughs> and it would be if it were serious, but when you look at the context of it, I mean, mm. a lot of times, I mean, that, that it's played for this absurd um, like level where you, you're supposed to look at it and be like, well, yeah, this is extremely absurd. Like this is used, like not even for comedy, like it's funny because of how absurd it is. It's not trying to like say like I think this is funny that we're white and pretend to be black. It's meant to be like this is absolutely absurd. And people watching it I think shows give people too much credit. I think shows assume the intelligence of the people watching. And sometimes the people watching don't have that intelligence straight but up. Do we have to pander to that? Like, no. can we have intelligent humor that does push the boundaries? But that is intelligent humor. That it is, is intelligent humor. Mm-hmm. And the people who are canceling things don't understand the intelligence. They're maybe they're self righteous. But it's always been around from Bugs Bunny. Like, I don't know if you remember yeah. that big period in like my childhood where suddenly every cartoon I watched made no sense. They right. removed all the violent bits. So suddenly, like this guy's <laughs> face is all covered in black like gunpowder, and you're like, I think he got shot in the head. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I think he dropped an anvil on that guy. Yeah. And that was the cancer culture of our day growing up. And didn't like it then. I don't like a lot of what's gone even on now. Now, yeah. I'm going to go on a limb here with the Louis C.K. thing. I'm kind of with Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, like, it's heinous and it's bad. And I understand why he got canceled. Mm-hmm. But I also agree that, like, he came forward. <laughs> he... He fessed up on what he did. But he had to. And mm-hmm. there has to be a level of, yeah, we recognize how wrong that was, but where do we repair this? How do we, do we not just shut people down or do we discuss it? Do we repair it? Do we find like some kind of discourse where you can better the situation rather well, than just like everyone be quiet and push it underground? If because that's my biggest fear. Same with like, you know, child porn or things that are like way too far yeah. that no one will, it exists because it gets pushed underground and you don't see it. But mm-hmm. it's there, and it's... That's you, not a, that's you don't have to reckon with it, right? Like, that's right. You should have to reckon with what you do, not yeah. be silenced or, or canceled. You should right? have to discuss. Like, yeah. there should be a discussion around... Like, there are tons of wrong and bad things in the world. And the more you can discuss it, the more you grow from it and learn from it, and mm-hmm. you can understand why this is bad, why it's wrong, or why it's not wrong or it's not bad. There has to be discussion. If you cancel something immediately, you're no better than, I don't know, whoever you perceive to have offended you. But are we supposed to allow these things to continue after they've been perpetrated? That's, I think that's the big reason why there's an impetus to shut it down. Well, no. Because once you find out that no, like, these things have happened... They don't continue, but you discuss it then. And you say, this is why Louis C.K. masturbating in front of women in his dressing room is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, and then maybe you can empower women to have more self-respect. Yep. Maybe you can empower men to not be like disgusting pigs. Mm. I mean, if you just say, "Oh, it's canceled, it's done," who learns from that? I agree. Yeah. Um. This is it, it, this is a tough. Yeah, it is tough. It's, I don't know. Or is it? 
Okay, well, let me just take it a little okay. further back because sure. I know one of us has done a little bit of research and I don't want his research to go to waste, okay? <laughs> there was an individual who was canceled a long time ago and he was blacklisted and this individual made a number of okay. movies that people hold in oh, high like regard. And, uh, I have to start. Can I start? Yeah. No, <laughs> please. And he was canceled based on the perspective of the day. And oh. we did touch on this last day. Mm-hmm. Um, but shouldn't we be more evolved in our approach rather than recognizing the people 20 years later and then clapping forever instead? Yeah, like 15 minutes. Longest yeah, sorry, ovation. We haven't even mentioned this. Longest individual. ovation in history. <laughs> Charlie 15 Chaplin. minutes. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I want to hear Chaplin. about Charlie Chaplin. The genius. Yes. Okay, good God. I love Charlie Chaplin for the record. Oh, everyone does. Yeah. You can't. Well, the jury's still out in my case how? here. He's a genius. He literally <laughs> is the most important person in film ever. You, oh, my God. No, he's the, he, he is the most important person in film history, 100%. Okay. He starts with Explain. the kid. Oh, my God. He, he's a genius. He, he's just a motherfucking genius. So, so you watched all these recently. So I did. Okay, so... I mean, for those dear listeners, the five of you, um, Charlie Chaplin was canceled for having communist sympathies. And um, at like almost basically the height of his popularity. I mean, I mean, this is fucking ridiculous. If we remember, Charlie Chaplin makes a film like The Great Dictator, which is clearly anti-fascism, anti-dictatorship, right? I mean, he makes this movie like The Great Dictator, and then is, which is like widely held to be one of the greatest like movies ever and then is like canceled immediately after because he is so a communist this sympathizer. So great? What, what, what made that movie so great? Why are you holding this guy in such high regard? Well, that's I'm not the reason, but it's actually a brilliant movie. It is because it was before its time. Okay. It was when Char- like Charlie Chaplin is straight up satirizing Nazi Germany and he's satirizing Adolf Hitler. And I mean, that movie was mm. Joseph Stalin's favorite movie. Nope, mm. pardon me. Nope, no, no, no. That's completely wrong. Animal Farm was Joseph Stalin's favorite book. Mm. And Joseph Stalin didn't understand that it was like literally mocking communism. Sorry. <laughs> but like the great dictator, you have Charlie Chaplin who is becoming Hitler in this this film and he he's blatantly I mean, and I know that um Carry on, just let the dog the door. What's your name? My name? Yeah. Uh Infectious. Infectious. <laughs> I know Infectious loves The Great Dictator. I know you love The Great Dictator. Oh, I do. I mean, the, the speech at the end, one of the greatest speeches in film history. Absolutely. Um, I think I think it was just a movie before its time where no one appreciated that Charlie Chaplin is willing to go after, like, straight up Adolf Hitler, Benito mm-hmm. Mussolini, and just, yeah. like, point out, like, that movie points out how absurd, like, this whole thing is. I mean, you got this Jewish yeah. barber who looks like Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. And then you have this Gustav Hinkel, who is Adolf Hitler. But, I mean, it, it couldn't be more obvious. Like, the Jewish barber and Hello, Gustav Hinkel. Hinkel, Adelaide Hinkel, sorry. Adelaide? Yes. Yes. Yeah, are the same, like, they're the same person, you know what I mean? Like, he's pointing out the most <laughs> obvious things here. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Charlie, I mean, I, I get very upset with Charlie Chaplin getting canceled for... So was he officially, would you call that canceling? Yes. Oh, 100%. He, he left USA, went to Britain okay. for the rest of his career, came back in 1970-whatever to get his, um, on like, fucking bullshit honorary Academy Award where he clapped for, like, no, right? no, it's fucking stupid. Like, you got to make those decisions in the day, which is the hardest part. And there were yeah. sympathizers for things that we don't agree with now, like mm-hmm. sympathizers uh, for... 
what's the selection of uh, the correct genes to push forward a proper... Eugenics? Thank you. A lot of supporters for eugenics. Mm-hmm. Are back, there? Back when they oh. named schools and bridges in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're like, oh, eugenics yeah. was wrong. And mm-hmm. we shouldn't have supported it. And unfortunately, these people who lived in the time thought this was a great idea because the science was in. And to them, they were convinced. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. Let's not. Should we not recognize them for their accomplishments, or should we topple them for their failures no. to have the insight to see forward? No, no, no. Because you never know. You yeah. can't see forward. But like, I'm sure the bridges are named after. I don't know. You have fucking Adolf Hitler Bridge in Berlin, which you don't. But if you did, okay, you keep an Adolf Hitler Bridge. Should you though? And that forms a you discussion. Think so? Well, yeah. Well, okay. That's I guess Adolf Hitler is very extreme. <laughs> what it's, if you change it to someone else and say formally? Adolf Hitler Bridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could always do that too, but like, I mean, ever like, Horrible just because you have a bridge named Adolf Hitler Bridge, <laughs> doesn't mean that it's like that people are gonna walk by today and be like, oh my god, what a what a great name, and this person was great. Uh-huh. No. I mean, it would be a bridge well, I'd jump off if I was trying to kill myself, or yeah, no, I'd right? be silly. You jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. Else. That's where you die. Mm, Hitler Bridge, the high level in Edmonton. Oh man, that's Ooh. grim. Yeah. That- that bridge yeah, looks like fucking eight mile. Oh, like, what's you know going what? on in Edmonton? I uh, fucking the they, trains running through the city. Like, come on! Edmonton. I love it. I love that part of Edmonton. But you when would. you're walking across the high level bridge, they have hipsters. <laughs> they have written um, inspirational sayings on the to on keep the you from in the brick. Yeah, because. If you're walking there with the intention of throwing yourself from the bridge, yeah. they want you to they want consider make you reconsider, That's right? A good call. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's worked. I want to go back to Charlie Chaplin for a minute, if I could. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut your Chaplin no, 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 talk okay. short there, buddy. <laughs> so there's a Bukowski Chaplin uh, reference that I'll make later. I'll make it now. No, no, no. I won't. No, you make it now. No, I'm actually going to go on a diatribe about like how brilliant Charlie Chaplin was <laughs> okay. and why. So yeah, he 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 satirized the whole. Second well, okay, World and that's War. just that's, that's just cool. one film. That no, that yeah. literally is just one film. This guy. Well, now we're on a different topic. This guy, he invented film. Yeah. I mean, he starts with the kid in the early 1900s. It's a silent film that tells the story of his, you know, now infamous tramp, mm-hmm. and. He, like Charlie Chaplin, is, it, he is the history of film. He is the silent film all the way up to like speaking films, all the way up to modern films. So Netflix. But did he push the boundaries? Was he the one who brought about the speaking in films? I'm well, no, curious. that was the jazz singer. Uh, no, I think he put off so he speaking. Kind of, he oh. did. Yes, yeah. he did a lot of like silent films mm-hmm. until a certain point. But even. Even when he does do, you know, his his talking films, there's just, I mean, you can't fault him for not being the first person to do talking films. Yeah, but you can see why, because his Tramp character worked so well silent. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the Tramp character didn't, it didn't exist after he went in, after talking films. I don't even know if it existed before. Like, no, I mean, as like, I mean, the, the Tramp character of, like, itself, think of it. Yeah. You think of, you know, the Tramp. Mm-hmm. It's only Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. There's no other, like, I think a tramp is probably like a clown in, like, earlier renditions. But you don't, you think a tramp now, it's only Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. That's it. And he retired the clown. Yeah. And there's actually. So he made a character. In okay. one of his movies, 
he literally states like what? Oh nothing. No, no, carry on. I'm just not as big a supporter of no, Charlie Chaplin. I'm sorry. Fucking genius. He's um right. in his last Tramp film. Mm-hmm. I think there are like um on the screen before the movie he says this is the last or this movie does not feature the Tramp. Like as a warning. Like oh. if you're looking for the Tramp, he is not in this film. This is a like serious film. Okay. Right? But no, Charlie Chaplin, he did it all. But then he wasn't allowed to. Right? Like, he innovates, he is silent, and then he's talking, and he won a best screenplay for, or was nominated for Monsieur Verdoux, and like... Oh, that was a good one. Monsieur Verdoux, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's genuinely hilarious. I watched it just recently. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's a good movie. But have you heard of it? No. Monsieur Verdoux? It's, no. It's, a, it's, based, it's based on a true story, right? I think so, yeah. About this man who marries rich women and kills them. While he's married to someone else. Yeah. yeah. So, like, his way... Like, so, I mean, it's, look, Charlie Chaplin was a communist. For sure he was. I mean, and at the time, I guess that was bad. But all of his movies... When you when you listen to him talk in his movies as a communist, because you know he's a communist, and his characters are communists as well, he's not talking... I mean, he's talking about the good of everyone. The great dictator. Yeah. That okay, last so speech, you kind of yeah. like his take on communism. You feel... That he justifies the thought process that goes into the appreciation he has for communism within his movies, which is why it got canceled. Yeah, like he's not. Look, he's not. I mean, he's not saying I support Stalin. He's looking at humanity. Yeah. Straight up, he wants the best for humanity. Yeah. Right. I mean, he quotes the Bible in uh, the Great Dictator. Right. Saint Paul says. Mm. Thought you would remember it. Oh, I don't. I'm sorry. That's okay. Damn don't it. Put you on the spot. I used to show it all the time. That movie in grade nine. Oh, I, no, I remember. It. I, no, but I, I do better. But I used to. Uh, <laughs> better. No, actually, to be fair, <laughs> if I had. What do you show when you're digging ditches? Um, I show. What I show? Grade nine. I show um. Hugo. Scorsese. Oh. oh. Like the animated, half animated Hugo. Well, computer. Yeah. The clock. The clock. Yeah. Scorsese. Didn't that guy get canceled? No. Never. Scorsese. Oh, no. Who am I thinking of? The one who, uh, Little Kids, European director. Oh, Polanski. I'm thinking of Polanski. My apologies. I didn't even think the penis was that good. Um, And then I show (laughs) the artist. Oh, yeah. You show a silent black and white film to grade nines when you're digging ditches, right? (laughs) <laughs> and then I show Les rap because I want the musical wow you go like actually someone was and did you know that it, that is straight up the history of film right there because oh, Hugo those three movies because Hugo deals with George Melies who was like one of the pioneers of film wow. the artist is a silent black and white picture mm-hmm. which becomes a talking picture and then becomes a musical yeah. and then Les Mis is a musical I mean you can't teach that I guess you can, because I do, <laughs> when I'm digging ditches. You, you might be proud to know this, that one of your former students, one of the ones that we were talking about earlier, um, is doing a comparison. I don't know, because I'm not teaching them, but uh, the other teacher we were talking about in that class is doing a comparison using Les Miserables as, Brilliant. as, as the other text. I don't know what the the first text is but doesn't matter that's quite that's quite the highfalutin playlist you got there that's how you roll I <laughs> I usually did and this is gonna sound 
I don't know. Rear Window? Yes. Rear, that's amazing. Yeah, Rear, rear Window. Rear like, that's just a great movie. Yeah, I never get tired of Rear Window. I've watched Rear Window because I used to teach five classes of grade nine, and I'd watch it with every single class. And it's fucking suspenseful every oh time. Like, master suspense. I yeah. love it. And it was timed so well because the classes are 48 minutes. And so the first 48 minutes is like that slow development of the atmosphere and the characters. And you're just getting really comfortable in that world. And at the end of it is when you hear a scream and a show and a glass shot. And it's just amazing. Cause like, a little cliffhanger. Yeah. You're, and honestly, class. Yeah. for most of it, you're yeah. just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, who said mm -hmm. um, Hitchcock's Master of Suspense? Like, this isn't suspenseful. Yeah. And then, yeah, at the end, you're just like, hmm. it's great. Have you seen it? No. You need to watch it. Oh, man. That that like moment. What's that? For Hitchcock. I like the birds. Oh, the birds is good. I never saw the birds. Actually, no, that's not true. I did what? see part of the back. Uh, rear window. Rear window, not the back window. The back <laughs> Rear door. Anyway. You saw part movie. of it. Yeah. Did you ever? So I ended up watching a whole bunch of um, Hitchcock movies over quarantine. Fucking COVID. Um, I watched it for the long shot. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. All one shot. Yes. That he does. That's and I just did that. Yeah. I think I which was that the opening to my ditch shot to show everyone. The opening shot is where he shows. He pans. Yeah, yeah. Shows pans. all the neighbors, yeah. and then he goes into the apartment. That's a great shot. Yeah, yeah. Shows Extended the shot. Photographs. Absolutely. Shows There's the cast. Yeah. Probably inspired La La Land. That piece of garbage. Well, Don't. He, Hitchcock did. <laughs> Stop. Rope. Rope is one continuous from, shot. I never yeah. saw rope. Didn't we go to the plate? We like, yes. Yes. Where, shameless pug. Or shameless plug, <laughs> not a dog. Shameless plug, your brother was in it. Yeah, it was good. It was a great play, actually. That it was, was good. It was a little, a little risque for junior high, I think. For like, who booked it? It straight up wasn't. <laughs> that was not right. <laughs> <laughs> but that was an interesting concept. But the movie was all shot as one continuous shot. No, as it wasn't. was Birdman. Mm. Mm. Well, okay. So was nineteen seventeen then. No, I didn't see it. Was it? It was made to look like one continuous shot. Right. But there's no way. What did you say? Birdman? Birdman was not all one continuous shot. There were lots of extended shots was, in it. I thought it was one continuous. Like, they'd have to change the film or whatever. Like they would It'd be impossible to do one continuous shot. But it was like a continuous shot. It was. Shot. It was shot like it, yeah. Well, I don't think they filmed it in two hours. Did Birdman win Best Picture? Might have. Yeah, I did. I think he did. But my yeah. opinion did win Best Act. There have been lots of... I disagree with so many of the Academy Award decisions. Yeah, when... Uh, Too political. The Fugitive, Tommy Lee Jones won Best Supporting Actor over Leonardo DiCaprio for... What's Eating Gilbert Grape? With, yeah. Or when La La Land won Best Picture and then they took it away and gave it to Moonlight. <laughs> Moonlight was pretty good. Moonlight was garbage. Shut up. It's a pretty good movie. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I really enjoyed that. You're my host. You know it's garbage? Me trying to get through that first scene in La La Land. So, oh, do you know how difficult it is? Do you know how difficult it is to, like, do a dance on a freeway in one take? Yeah, that's genius. <laughs> and and entertain people. That I think that was the part that was missing. The, um, the point. You're Entertaining the people. Point. Yeah, I kind of. They're stuck in traffic and they're making happiness out of being stuck in traffic. Another day inside. I felt like one of the other guys in the car who was frustrated because all these idiots are dancing in a non-entertaining way that wasn't really drawing me into the rest of the movie. That's just how I felt. I never made it past that first scene. I really wanted to watch the movie, but I was like, "This is stupid." The new discussion for this podcast 
We're done with cancel culture. We're going to talk about film. Because I think we've <laughs> gone farther in film. Here we go. Let's talk about film. Wow. Okay, I've offended you. I'm a, I apologize, sort of. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, tell me about film. Uh, you, you hold uh, Charlie Chaplin way above uh, groundbreaking people like no, no, I think Steven he... Spielberg, maybe, who brought to you such oh, things oh, well. as E.T. and no, I don't know, some other stupid Yeah, I saw stuff. Back to the Future 2 on TV last night. That's a lazy piece of filmmaking. Yeah, it's the in-between piece. It's kind of just like, yeah. oh, we'll just go back in time again to where we went back in time. You're just like, come on, that's lazy. It's lazy, yeah, but bud. He also did the first one. The yeah, awesome one? The first one is yeah. Okay, really no. good. Do you, do you, so you... I guess the point is you don't you don't hold Charlie Chaplin in such high regard. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I, uh, I not just to be you know contrary, but uh, no, I've I've I get it. I I understand why you might hold in high regard. It's just about appreciation. That's all. Yeah, and he did a number of things that were like pretty groundbreaking at the time, mm-hmm. right? That and influenced film all the way up to today. It's like basketball. <laughs> I don't know that much. I'm going to talk about something I know. Okay. It's like basketball. basketball. Diaries. Way back in the day, the guy who was like the logo, Jerry West, that guy was amazing. He's a dunking guy. No, nah, he's just like dribbling around. He oh. had really sick moves. And yeah, he was just a really good player. Now, you look at Jerry West, he'd get eaten alive. <laughs> There's no way he'd be able to compete at the level of like LeBron James and all mm. these guys who exist now. Because the game but, advances right, and gets but better. It's because of Jerry West that they're... Oh, absolutely. And so I look at him and I think he's very important to the story. But yeah. who's the key character of the story? His name is Michael Jordan. He's the greatest of all time. Why? <laughs> because it wasn't just the fact that he was the best player. It was level of competition. It was the intangibles that you can't put a finger on mm-hmm. that makes him the greatest. Fair enough. Yeah. Because it didn't matter that if he was sick or if he was outmatched, he was better than everybody else. And that's why I don't hold Charlie Chaplin in that regard. He is a pioneer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a pioneer of film. Who's he is not the greatest just because he's the first to do it. Well, he's not, he was. Who's who's the Michael Jordan <laughs> of film then? Um. Hmm. Because it's a little bit different. Because we're taught like, if no, you remember, I mean, Charlie Chaplin was a writer, director, actor. Yeah. I mean, he he was a triple he did threat. It all. He did everything. Yeah. Right. I mean. You talk about directors, well, you open up a whole can of worms. You're like, well, is it Hitchcock? Is it Scorsese? Is it uh, Francis Ford Coppola? I mean, that guy wins two Academy Awards for no. Godfather One, Godfather Two. Darren, I mean, Darren Aronofsky? No, that's that's silly. It's not Darren Aronofsky. Um, Just throwing it out there. George Lucas? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he barely directs shit. Um, yeah, but he did bring us like an everlasting franchise that like has redefined the landscape of. Uh, yeah, film. you know those weren't actually good movies. You know that they were loved by all, so that kind of makes them great. <laughs> so reaching the lowest common denominator makes it... Touching the souls of uh, both the lowest <laughs> common denominator and the uh, higher level snobs like ourselves. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I don't like it. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that one of my favorite movies is The Truman Show. That's mm, a good show. I love The Truman Show. It's good. Yeah. Well, that's all you're going to say? Peter Weir, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I mean, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's a great movie. Oh. I'll say it's great, yeah. It's it's a great movie. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a discussion. I thought we were going to be like... Because I used to use the Truman Show you all did? the time when I taught Green You Dark. did? And, and, it's an amazing movie. Like, I just wanted I, I to say I actually can't complain a lot about... Like, I have <laughs> zero... Compl- like, I have zero complaints about it. Do you like Laura Linney in it? I don't like Laura Linney, period. What? Mm. I don't like Laura Linney. She seems like a Straight up. I hate Cheryl Crow. 
I hate Laura Linney. Are they, we already established Sierra Club last time. <laughs> now I remember. Did we? Oh, we I went that. at length. Yeah. Gosh. Um, well, my favorite movie ironic. is... Uh, <laughs> Don't you think? That's Alanis Morissette. But yes. Oh, my apologies. Sorry. That's Alanis Morissette. So I went off on Cheryl Crow last time? No, you went no, off no, on went Alanis. Off Alanis. Yeah. Morissette. She was my first concert. And then why were you so full of anger? <laughs> you uh, were mad. Yeah, I don't like her anymore. Don't like her uh, um, irony. My Ironically. favorite story is... Uh, the song was ironic, but that's what's <laughs> ironic. Oh, right, because nothing's ironic in that song. But that's what's ironic. It's just a bunch of bad that's fucking luck. That's the whole luck. point. The yeah. whole song. No, don't tell me she's that smart. That's, that's not how smart the point. she was. That is not the fucking point. <laughs> Aren't you impressed again? Don't you want to go see her now again live? <laughs> <laughs> she came out with a new album recently, I, I think. did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I will not listen to it. I, I got it on my Apple Music and I listened to some of it and then I got rid of it. Like, I Did just, you hear any uh, Saskadelphia yet? No. Anyone? No? New Tragically Hip Unearthed what? from the Road Apple Sessions. What? Six songs and it's in an album called Saskadelphia. I think the boys have run out of money. Uh, they're performing with Feist, by the way. Feist? At the Junos. Really? Yeah. And Feist is going to lead, sing. So that's going to be cool. Having a girl singing Gordo's part. Yeah. Wow. Did I tell you that I did go to school when she was at yes. my school in a band named Placebo? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Wait, she, she was, was in a, Placebo? She was in a band called Placebo that eventually I think had to change their name because there was lots of bands. Named <laughs> oh, because I was like, there's a famous Placebo. Yeah, exactly. Well, Feist is pretty famous. But then she went on her own. Can she Feist? left Placebo. And yeah. then she went off and became the one, two, three, four girl. Can she count to 11 now? Uh, no. <laughs> no, she just stopped. Just 10. Yeah. One, two, It stops three. there, yeah. Um. That's right. I just need to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Yeah, I gotta take one as well, yeah. This is... 